having some five guys some five guys burgers and fries yeah what did well so you're you're munching on some fries right now which people are absolutely loving people always write into podcasts saying could you chew more they love it yeah i'm allergic to these fries sweet You're allergic to that? Is it because of you? Do you have a peanut allergy? Do I not know this? I don't think I have a peanut allergy, but sometimes when I eat these fries, bad things happen in my mouth. Mm, like what? My tongue gets itchy. I oversalivate. You have a peanut a allergy. <laughs> but I'm, I eat peanut butter all the time. That doesn't happen. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, you are. You are a peanut butter freak. That's right. I am a peanut butter freak. I love I was, some peanut butter. I was just thinking about your peanut butter story the other day uh, about how you, you threw away Anna's like expensive peanut butter because it had the oil on top. Yeah, it had oil on top. That's disgusting. My girlfriend has that stuff too, but she gets almond butter. But still, and it's disgusting, right? The oil. I just, you know, I get what it's there for. You sort of stir it around, yeah. and it helps. It helps, sort of, you know, I guess uh, lubricate it, but it. It's, uh, you don't even feel right saying that. It feels disgusting to say that you have to lubricate your peanut it's butter. It's such a it, it is it's a bit of a bummer because you know who doesn't have that problem? Skippy. You Ooh. know who doesn't have that problem? Skippy Jif. never had Jif. What's the other ones? Peter Pan, even. Peter Pan. A little too sweet for me, but a really good yeah, peanut butter. It's I mean it's um, a it's a lower tier. It is lower tier. You know what was the best? Do you ever peanut feel butter? bad for those what's would be what? Tell me. It's a Skippy variant, but it's like honey roasted, and it's an orange mm, jar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Crunchy, honey roasted, crunchy Skippy, goat, all time. I remember that. Incredible. I remember that. I remember that. You were saying you My feel bad. Are dying so fast. I feel bad for lower tier things. Mm, like, mm-hmm. they try their hardest, but whether it's brand rec, because I don't think that there's that much of a taste difference. I remember Chakis and I did a uh, Sprite challenge where you had to pour different sodas into a cup. It was one of those, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like a blind viral taste bits death. that we tried to do on Culture Kings that um, didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Wait, if I remember I correctly, you, the... went, you went viral and are very famous. <laughs> oh, currently? Yeah. I hate that tweet so much. <laughs> I wanted to die. I think... People just need to leave me alone. Uh, I know it's not a perfect analogy. It's a joke. But um, I much more like my very big gaffe on Twitter today where I did not know that Colin Kaepernick was adopted. See, I didn't. So I didn't know that either. But I also didn't see the headline until you posted about it. And I'm sure you weren't the only person who made this mistake, knowing the track record in Hollywood. Uh, yeah. Um, but I guess, I guess I don't have a but. I guess I would just think better that like those two people in particular maybe wouldn't do that. But but um, who knows, man? We found people out that there was a good reason. Out here. That's true. No one's working right now. No one's working right now, if bro. Somebody was just like, hey, do you want to play this Asian person? I would say, you know what? I'll think about it. <laughs> oh, my God. 
You know, people are desperate for work out here. Yeah, if you can't get cast in one of the many projects that are about COVID, your options are very slim at this point. So slim. And you have to get COVID for those projects. You have to get it. You have to get it. Like, everyone who's going to be in that Judd Apatow movie, which, let's talk about, what a great premise. What is the premise? A movie about a movie. It's a movie about young kids trying to make a movie during COVID. Young adults. Yeah. You know what? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel bad for these lower brands because they're Mm -hmm. trying their hardest. Yeah. But they just like, you know, like I tasted it and I was just like, this is clearly Sprite. I knew which one was Sprite was, but all the other ones, I was just like, you guys all taste the same. So what would you say is a lower variant of Sprite? Like obviously like a Shasta or a Shasta. But Shasta kind of, you know. It's maybe not as crisp and clear as um, Sprite, but it does it does its job. It communicates lemon that it's lime. a lemon lime soda. Yeah, lemon lime soda, like any of those ones, like the you know your store brands, your signature mm-hmm. select. Yeah, they all taste like Kirkland Signature. They all taste the same. Where are you at with like a, um, you know, maybe not a lower tier variant, but a a variant on the similar tier like a seven up or a sierra mist yeah wait one second hey i'm recording a podcast oh yeah you want to come in here and fight i'm recording a podcast so yeah no uh sierra mist yeah it's not as uh oh okay they fully died oh boy oh the dog hi doggy Oh, hi. Put the headphones on the dog. Just kidding. <laughs> Hello. Oh, woof, 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 woof. <laughs> hi, Anna. <laughs> Do you think the dog understood me saying woof? Say that again? Do you think the dog understood me when I was saying woof, woof, woof? I think the dog is what? Do you think it understood me when I said woof, woof, woof? Yeah, I do actually. So we were saying about, um, yeah. What do you think about like Seven Up and like Sierra Mist? I don't like either of them. I, I find both of them to be inferior products. Hmm. But that is because they're from major companies. Yeah, but Sprite is a in its own is. I mean, that's a Coke product. That's what I'm saying. So I hold them to a higher standard. I see. So then you want them to be as good. Yeah, if you're gonna be in the big boy leagues, you gotta play big boy ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. I guess, uh, I mean, look, Sprite, Sprite's perfect. It's a perfect drink. It's so good, and even the Sprite, um, even the Sprite variants across the board are all pretty fantastic. Would be great. Like I mean, LeBron's the only mix one I... is really good. Um, cranberry's pretty great yeah i loved the um back in the day sprite remix sprite remix is really great that was they still sell it at some uh 7-elevens in koreatown okay but i didn't love sprite lemonade i thought sprite lemonade was kind of eh no but you know who did the good lemon lime lemonade Mm. sierra mist really sierra mist had a good lemonade Mm. well What do you think Jaquise would say about this? 
You'd probably transition to introducing our next guest. She is an amazing comedian. She is an amazing writer. She's currently in the movie Bad Hair. She's going to be in the upcoming season of Dear White People while also writing on that season. We're talking to DeHaley Hall. We probably won't talk about Sprite. It's it's insane when you consider how much you and I saw each other in person to how (laughs) abruptly we have not seen each other since due to It hurts a little bit. Mm. And, you know, I have to say that I'm really touched that you picked today of all days as the reason why we're having this uh, Culture Kings interview. Do you know what today is? What is today? It's our anniversary. What? I didn't know. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Because when I texted you, you were like, why today? And I was like, I don't know how to respond to that. I don't know if you're (laughs) upset with me. Like, you're like, why today? And I was like, I don't, I'm just hitting up the Haley. I've been telling Haley that I'm going to get her on. (laughs) The funny thing is, I didn't realize it was the day. I thought, okay, here's my mind where I was going with it. I thought you were uh, wanted me to be on the show because so many, uh, because of the deadline article about um, uh, dear white people having to uh, stop for a second because of our uh, our uh, COVID outbreak. I was never going to bring that up. I'm surprised <laughs> you even brought that up. I like, <laughs> I like. <laughs> That's why I was like. Oh, why? Why today? This seems weird. And then and then like I got off and then I was like, you're being ridiculous to Haley. And then I looked, it was November 18th. And I said, oh, my gosh, that's the first day of work for us on Dear White People was November 18th, 2019. And I was like, that's so beautiful. But turns out neither one of those were the actual reason. No, the other one was true. The other one was true. The other one was true. I mean, no, you didn't it was. Know. Yeah, I did. Were- I didn't know that at all. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy that that was a year ago. Um, yeah. yeah. That was a good day. It was a great day. It was a really great day. We like all I- went around the room and introduced ourselves. And it was yeah. like, it felt like new school. Especially because it most did. of the people in the room were new to the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... Um, I remember that day fondly. I printed photographs from that day, and I have it in my office of our first day oh. at work. Oh, so, that's yeah. Dehaley, something that you know people may not know about you because you are like you know you you play these roles that are very <laughs> big, yeah, and very outlandish. That's me, big you and outlandish. Also, though, have probably the biggest heart. And are like the the most empathetic. Like you know, when people say I'm an empath, they're usually yeah. bullshitting. If you said that, I would say, yeah, you're 100 percent correct. Like I, I've I've watched you be hurt for other people for things that like if someone's just like, oh my god, that wasn't my order, you'd go, oh my god. <laughs> I know <laughs> that's not what you ordered for lunch, guys. How did we let this happen? <laughs> Edgar, I think it's a live. Is it a liability? <laughs> No, I'm just, I'm just, okay. I'm just saying that you really feel for other people. I do. I feel so much for other people. Um, yeah, I am an open wound. Okay, I just <laughs> am a bleeding heart liberal. That's mm-hmm. me. Um, yeah, I am. 
I'm very much that person and I am sentimental, but I'm also not. It's like yeah, you can be cold sometimes. You you you, you have I'm a <laughs> it's the it's two sides. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. And there's like cold blooded and then there's super warm. Um well- I mean, that's you interesting that it's two sides because it's like you're a Gemini, right? Which is that's right. a two-sided person. But you are also half Jamaican, half Haitian, which is also a two-sided thing about you. So many things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the Haitian side, who, which you are as well, you know, loves to be like we killed everybody to get our de- independence and kill them all. And then we're also such a warm people. You know, mm-hmm. we just have that. Um, yeah, we, and then the Haitian, uh, the Jamaican side, um, which is my dad's side, uh, they have this kind of like, uh, every time you say Jamaican, if you're around like people who have no sensitivity at all, will like pretend to smoke weed or say something about Bob Marley. And then, you know, on the flip, you know, Don't get it twisted and get into any fights with a Jamaican. (laughs) We'll catch you. Uh, So, you know, we do have the both sides. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's also interesting because you writing on the show was kind of you accepting this other side of you because you primarily... I guess, are known as, even though you're very talented as a writer, but people know you as a performer, right? From Mad TV, from the show Dear White People itself. You're also in Justin's new movie, Bad Hair. Was there any part of you that was like, okay, how do I tap into this other side of my brain? Because I do remember when you pitched every time it was almost like a performance like you were like performing (laughs) it like so like was there a part of you that was like, okay, how do I get into this like writer side of my brain? Yeah, I think so, Edgar. I mean, when I was, when I first got to LA, like, um, I, well, I came out here for grad school and people were like, oh, you really have to pick something. Like, it mm-hmm. wasn't very popular to be like a multi-hyphenate. And so I, I felt like forced to kind of pick a side mm-hmm. and the and let me just say, the side I've always picked has been performing. I just cannot help myself. I'm an only child, desperate for attention. No, I'm kidding. Um, maybe <laughs> but I'm only not, slightly maybe kidding. I'm but not, only slightly but, kidding. No. <laughs> There's always truth there. Um, but I, but I also felt like I had this intellectual mind. Not to say that performers are not intellectual in mind, but where I just couldn't. I just didn't feel like if I didn't get the part mm. that that the conversation was over. I was like, well, can I write it for myself? <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, so y'all want to y'all hear nothing I got to say? Uh, yeah. And so I, so that became like my outlet. And I, I don't know if you are, because you're a sensitive soul too, Edgar. I was an avid diary writer. Okay. Oh, wow. This lady, you too. Yeah, I was. I was definitely in high school. I was and in middle school and now. But, and now, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like when my parents would like sit, do something that hurt my feelings, I would immediately write about it. I'd be like, <laughs> and then I'd be like, I'd like to read to you my feelings. And then I don't know if you ever have like beef with friends or anything. I have to write down my feelings 
to tell my friends my beef because if I just talk about it, it's not going to come out well. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So the writer portion was always there. I think you are that person. I could see you doing that. Maybe a I bit. would never. I don't tell people. That's my issue. I think my issue oh. is that I feel a type of way and I let it bubble inside forever rather than tell people. And then it pops at some point. Oh, um, like I see. I'm very passive aggressive, I'd say. <laughs> So do you like write it and then just like burn it in a like in an ashtray and you're like, there, they'll know. Yeah. Or I talk it out with someone like I'll talk oh, it okay. out like I'll reach out to a friend and I'll, and I'll talk it out with someone. You talking you just saying that you have to like process how you feel and bring it up to someone. That's such a mature thing to do, though. The fact that you were doing that as a child amazes me. And you know what my Caribbean parents did? made fun of me for it oh of course <laughs> so that, of course i mean that yeah. was also fun I you weren't allowed to feel growing up <laughs> it was i was watching you probably every all kids had this experience like i would watch these after school specials where like you would watch the parents fight and then they would come in later and like and say we love you so much and just because mommy and daddy fight doesn't mean we love you and then they'd be like we're getting a divorce and so when my parents had an argument i'd be like <laughs> I've seen this on TV and I remember having this like full session with them. I had like an agenda and I was like, Mm -hmm. sit down. I know you're going to sit me down, but I'm going to sit you down. And they were like, can you just get out of here with your nonsense? (laughs) (laughs) They're like, you're so ridiculous. And I was hurt. But then later uh, it was a good lesson too. Cause I was also realized like TV now TV is more realistic in terms of like what really happens in life. But I was like, oh, wow, my parents are still together. And I was like, these are not predictors of anything. You know, like yeah. this is all magic uh, that we do on screen. But That's so funny hilarious. that you bring that up because I, I kind of had a similar thing. I mean, maybe it's not similar, but I did have this expectation of what my mom was supposed to be like. Like, you know, like I, I definitely my mother, at least growing up, was very cold. And not, like, in a mean way. She just wasn't very emotional, uh-huh, and, uh-huh. like, towards me. Like, she wasn't, like, and, you know, I think that that might have to do with why. My love language is definitely words of affirmation. Like, mm. when someone tells me I'm doing a good job or someone, like, compliments me, that's not who my mom is at all, though. She doesn't yeah. give you that. For my yeah. mom, you know, I would ask her when I was a kid, do you love me? And she would say, <laughs> yeah. And she would list things that she did. As the reasons is why she loved me. She was like, I, I did your laundry. I picked you up from school. I dropped you off. And I was like, none of that matters to me. I just wanted you to say that you love me. But it was because I was watching TV. And that's what, like, you know, the moms on television would do. Would be like, I love you, Beaver. Or whatever it was. And I would be like, that's what a mom is. And I, at times, would resent my mom because she was so not that. Like, I, I think that's, you know, a really interesting point that you're bringing up of, like, this television would present this expectation and then especially for us as immigrant kids our parents were nowhere close to what these tv moms were like no they weren't and then the other thing too is like we both have haitian mothers and there's something they have like a dignity and a stoicism that's like inherent it's like a steely in inner core which as a child i was like but now as an adult i really appreciate it because like you know who the best person to have by mm. your side wow. during a breakup is? My mom. I 
Oh, yeah, I remember one time I had like, I was like pining over this boy and she was in LA visiting and she was like, snap out of it. And I was like, what? She said, snap out of it. Like, and I was like, oh my God. And then one time she, she was like, oh, you want to see him? You want to see him? Let's go see him. And I was like, wait, but we should call first. She's like, no, we don't show up. We don't call first. You just show up and let's see what he's doing. And I was like, okay, mom. And I was like, you know what, mom? You are really a ride or die. I now get it. I didn't as a kid, but like, I now get it. And I'm actually the opposite of you with the affirmations thing, because my parents were very complimentary about to me verbally, but then they would do like the things of like, get out of the room or whatever. So then that was confusing. You know what I mean? So I was just like, you guys love me. You throw me, uh, I'm, I have a great, like I would have lavish birthday parties and stuff like that. But then sometimes when I need the hug, yeah. that's when you're like, snap out of it. And uh, then it's, so that was funny. Now they're great, but I also now realize that they were pretty young parents. I mean, they had me at like 25 and I would Absolutely. have been, I Absolutely. don't know. I, I mean, no, I, I, and look, I, I definitely am not a therapist, but I would say quality time is something that's probably really important to you judging from the room is that you yeah. really like yeah. to be in the presence yes. of people. I remember, you know, again, you are in the movie, bad hair. You're very important part of that movie. Very funny part of that movie. Absolutely. Daily. I, oh, I really? mean, look, you are an absolute star. Okay. There's no doubt of that. It's like something that I think we kept running into the room is that we kept writing all these parts that we were just like, you would be perfect for, but we're kind of trapped because you already played this part on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, right. Can I? Oh, I don't know if I can say this. Oh, it's so hard. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to get us in trouble. But there is a part in the show, which you know, that we wanted to do that is controversial nowadays to do, but was right. a very common right. practice right. for a lot of yeah. actors to do. I think you know what I'm talking about. And there was this thought that I should do it because, you know, um, it wouldn't be controversial for me to do it. And you could figure it out later. But then it's so funny, the actor, actress that we have playing this controversial part um, I was hearing. Uh, yeah, you know, and they're not going to do it. At it's all. so funny. And it's so funny because it's like, this is, yes, this is the show that skewers those things. And we're a show that can do it because this is what we are, a, a satire. And the moment that we can take ownership to skewer it is the moment that everyone's like, nah, nah, in my contract. Yeah, I you know. Uh, do I mean, it's very frustrating because it, it is in my it. yeah, it's blackface, and, and it is in my episode, and it's, it's like hearing you say it at the table read. I was just like, this is perfect. Like, this is the exact tone that we were going for. This is the exact kind of joke that we were going for. But yeah, it is unfortunate that you know, coming off of what happened in the summer, there was kind of a reckoning where people kind of went back and looked at old. Not even old, because they call them old. Some of these shows were from, like, the 2000s and stuff. But people were using black. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think Jimmy Kimmel's was, yeah, exactly. I know. I'm like, 
come on now. This is Dear White People. This is the time that we can talk about blackface and now no white actor <laughs> wants to be in blackface so that we as a black show can talk about it. Well, okay. I, I have a question on. then. I, I love this topic. You I, guys, I have, I, uh, do you think win. it's okay to do in service of satire? Like that's something that I wonder a bunch. Is, is it okay to take to do something that may be problematic, that may be offensive in the name of satire. And to add on to that question, is there only certain people who should be allowed to do that? Well, the thing that I don't feel like you can, mm -hmm. I feel like, especially in this case, the fact that we can't even get an actor to not even put it on their Facebook, almost seem like they're going to do it. It's so jacked up. Like you can't even look like you're about to, to make a point that we as black people have had issues with. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's when I'm like, y'all are too much. Like the liberal agenda. This is now when I sound like an alt-right person. And then it can like now be misconstrued. Now to Haley's Candace Owens. But, like, now the liberal agenda has gone too far. You are not even allowing Black people to be That's empowered to true. talk about their grievance. It's like, come on now. Yeah, so I'm not saying you have to, because, like, like I do recognize that things can be taken out of context, like what I just said. So I'm, I'm even protecting you as an actor where you don't have to put yourself in Blackface, but seem like you're about to, to make a point. And, I mean, didn't... Uh, didn't John Hamm do like a a sketch for Terrence Nance's a random um, acts of flyness? Uh, yeah, uh, yes, and were like clearly we understood mm -hmm. it was satire and gave props because we understood that this actor is doing this for a person of color to make points about it. Like, like, I don't know. Yeah, no, just, I, I, I'm inclined to like agree with you. And I, and I don't want to present my take as the right take at all. This is just my you know own personal opinion on it. And, but like, I definitely yeah. was unhappy when people took down those episodes of 30 rock. Like the fact that they just like took them out completely. Like, I agree that they can be problematic, but I don't think that the response is to just pretend as if it never happened. Like, I, I, I think we need never to have happened. conversations about those things. Hell we need to talk no. about them. Like, for me, was the satire effective? Not 100%, not even 60%, maybe 50, 40. Maybe you can look at the room and be like, well, maybe there weren't enough black people in the room. I know the, the very specific episode that I was upset that they took down was there's an episode where uh tracy and jenna get into an argument about who has it harder black men or white women and they decide to be each other for the day which it's to me is a very funny episode of television but i yeah. can see looking back like okay some of these jokes are based off of just stereotypes and they don't really go deeper but i don't think the response to it is to take it down right. and pretend as if it never happened i think that kind of lets white people off the hook in my opinion totally lets them off the hook and just to bring back my Haitian mother again, by the way, I do love my Jamaican mm -hmm. father, but my mother is also just hilarious. So oh, one wow. of her favorite movies <laughs> is Gone with the Wind. Okay. And she identifies <laughs> with Scarlett O'Hara. Yes, this is a person who owned people. But like the fact she, she is also a person 
who is not. She is one of the most militant person ever and um, is uh, not uh, 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 by any stretch of the means okay, okay with um, uh, the enslavement of people. Of but course. Like, that movie should have a disclaimer uh, on, on top of it. Like, hey, this is what is the South. And these were the attitudes of the people who made it in the, uh, the racism happened in the South and the racism when it was making uh, of glorifying or feeling like these people who were indentured uh, or enslaved were happy to be there was also colored by a racist attitude, etc. And, and then you watch the movie, but you can't like, this happened to me. I always tell this story, Edgar. And I love, I love it. Please, you are absolutely killing it right now. So please continue. <laughs> I know. I feel like USC is gonna like tell me to cease and desist telling this story, <laughs> but I'm gonna fucking say it. I when I was in grad school, we were gonna watch Birth of a Nation, and okay. I was like, "Hey guys, um, just would love it if we could have like a teacher." I'm at USC, by the way, expensive school, Stark program. And I was like, could we just have a teacher, um, like, talk about Oscar Micheaux and the rise of independent Black cinema as a response to this film? And my dean at the time was like, uh, oh, wow, did not know about that. Maybe you could teach the class. And I was like, ah, I don't want to teach the class. I'm... <laughs> One, I'm the only Black person in class. And no, I just brought this up to you for you at USC the University of Spoiled Children, to get me a qualified teacher to teach this class. And then my classmates were like, oh my gosh, Daly, you're always causing problems. And you're just, and then they never showed it. So like, and I, I had to bring up like, look, we don't, if you watched people, I know this is a terrible, I, I, you almost have to feel like you have to do empathetic correlations for people to be like, if you watched a movie about the Holocaust where people uh, where the people who were doing it were glorified, Nazis were glorified and the Jewish people were demonized. Mm-hmm. And then people talked about deep focus or the fact that we used the first time we used a dolly track. Would that be hard for you? Yeah. You know, I, it's, it's hard to like feel like you have to make these correlations for people to get it. And I, I don't think I don't think you're wrong at all. I mean, I think what you're arguing for in that scenario, and that's something that I'm kind of arguing for, is I feel like if a black student was like, "Hey, I don't want to watch this movie," they absolutely have that right. But if a black student was also just like, "I'm okay with watching this movie," can we, to you know, bring about balance, also talk about black cinema that worked and all that stuff? That's a well-rounded education to me. Like, yes. I'm all about I'm all about safe spaces, but I'm also all about challenging spaces as well. I just think it's about balance. And I think, like, what angers me about your story is that you presented this problem and they're just like, well, you're in charge of the solution. And it's like, no, I'm not a teacher. You're not paying me to be a teacher. <laughs> no, yeah, I did, did I not come tuition? up with this curriculum. That's not <laughs> about me. Like, if y'all going to give me a discount on my tuition, bet, boom, I'm all about it. But the I'm idea of, like oh, yes, there was this issue, and I'm responsible now for fixing it? No, you made this fucking issue. Like, right. And I think that's why I don't like disappearing the episodes, is because it absolves people of the issue. And it's like, okay, we're just not going to do it. And it's like, no, that's not what, like, then you guys don't watch the movie Birth of a Nation, which I think is a very important movie for everyone to watch. I think 
everyone in film school should watch that movie because it's important to realize that that movie was the first blockbuster. And that says a lot about what cinema comes from that says so much, but I think it's important to talk about the, it's one of the first movies I think screened in the white house ever, if I'm not mistaken. It's Um, true, Edgar. And I feel guilty, believe it or not, even after that, because a, we never watched it. B, my classmates never got to learn about Oscar Michaud and the rise, unless they did it on their own. And they I want to shout out, no, and, and <laughs> I do want to shout out one of my uh, classmates, Tim Doolin, who is a white guy who did a full dissertation about how, like, email dissertation to everyone about, like, how it helped um, relaunch the KKK, with, which was on the decline at that time. And yes cause the rise of lynching but i mean like i i often think like dang so i i said something but now it was comp- like it made it work I, I was further alienated from my classmates and then they never even got to see the movie and then like and then the thing too that it's hard to edgar is like now in 2020 that would not go down right no. But then, like in your formative years, so me as this black black writer performer person, having those messages about Hollywood as I'm entering it is like mess me up in the game. Okay, for I mean, I like I understand. Like, Why haven't you d- done more? Like you're just getting your footing, and I'm like, no, I've been in the game for a long time. There's just a lot of things that kind of sucker punched me y'all and i had to like get my mind right to not be bitter not be like you know out here in these streets just like forget everybody i don't want to be a part of this industry you know it it does like do things to you i mean we had this conversation in the room and you know i don't want to quote this person because i'm messing up the quote but he 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 as a queer man often joked about how easy it is for younger queer people because um it like the things that he had to struggle through aren't necessarily and obviously he was joking i want to be so clear he was joking but like I often wonder, like, you talking about how you know you had this experience that probably made you feel as if wow maybe the better thing would be to not say anything like is that the solution do you feel jealous of like you know seeing now like how probably if a kid did this at usc it would become a cnn news story and usc would apologize and that kid would get a movie deal from ava duvernay like this is there any jealousy at times that you feel and like this is a safe space obviously we we acknowledge that that jealousy is unreasonable but like like, how do you feel about that at times like this? Yo, I do sometimes. And I'll tell you why. I just, sometimes I feel it, not like a jealousy, but like one thing we that is facts in this business is it's super ageist. And mm. so like, you know, when like one of my sh- first short films I did, like when I was like, I don't know, 23, 24, it was about the first black revolution. Uh, oh, about the black revolution and one brother not getting the memo. And what's called the memo. And it starred Gary Anthony Williams. And I was just doing these things that people just thought I was just angry and just like, why do you keep like coming up with these ridiculous satire movies about black issues? And then, 
and I, I just felt like so like m- maligned from it. And so then when you feel like you're like now people can understand your point of view and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. that was really cool what you're doing. But like you're older and you the shine of you not being like the 20 something who is coming up with this new and exciting thoughts is not as jazzy. And you're like, but I but I was doing it when I was young and jazzy. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but there are other people doing it now and they are young and jazzy. And you're like, what? And so then you feel, so that sometimes I feel some type of way about. But then, you know what? The other cool thing about it too is like, I don't, I, I and I think that that was when the bitterness was. There mm. was a bitter period. Haley Hall had one. But then like recently I was pivoted from it because I was like, the bitterness is not helping anybody, especially not you. And the cool thing is like, because of the time in the industry of continuously going for my dreams and not giving up, I have like met a million people who, who known that I've been on the grind for a minute and who just give me props for just that. Like, like you said, at the top of our uh, call, like we've been in the same, we've been in circle together for a minute and and then you get eventually to work with people that you really like 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 you and and it's great so um I'm not above jealousy or stuff but I do I have a better kind of attitude about it and seeing like it was all worth it uh you know and I think also I think the trajectory has helped me to realize like this business has ups and downs and just to be really like very grateful about um, um, recognizing that because sometimes you're not prepared if you have like an upswing and then it goes down and you're Mm. forever like fucked in the head. And I now have had ups and downs. So I, I just appreciate everything. So it's not, it's not, it's, it doesn't hurt me as much. You know what I mean? Like I feel good. I'm going to reward you for how vulnerable and open you are with that by being a little open and put myself out on the ledge a little bit with, you know, something that I've been thinking about is there, uh, you know, I'm definitely one of those people now who (laughs) I think this tweet that I saw perfectly describes me, which is uh, my kingdom for a horse for a show about blackness that isn't about blackness. Like I am one of those people where I am, I am exhausted of yeah. shows of just like I'm black and here's why <laughs> yeah. I'm black. I'm like so I'm over it and I talk about it on the show at to an to ad nauseum. Like I I I'm so over it. But as I grow older and as I've worked on those shows, I am like realizing an appreciation for them and it's kind of made me back off of my snootiness in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you know, for example, there in in Heralds in improv, there's a group game, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes when a group game is happening, the first move is funny, the second move is funny, but the audience starts to catch on, right? Like it's right. like these things. And what they say is when you're trying to be that third person, you're not supposed to try and outsmart the first two. Because oh. if you do you kind of like if you go for the funny thing like and you try to break the pattern or you try to do anything like that you're gonna fuck everyone behind you over because then they're gonna be like well i don't know where to go from here you kind of need that third and fourth move to fall on the sword 
and oh. keep that pattern going because then that fifth person can come in and innovate and like can change it and can like do something like that. And that was like hard for me. Like, you know, I mean, I was like notoriously like I wasn't interested in group games that kind of felt fell on that pattern because I often wasn't the first person to come out and wasn't funny. But then like I wasn't like, you know, I hated being that third and fourth person because I wanted to laugh. And I even have this memory and Matt may not remember this, but Matt went out and did this group game where he was like playing a baby and like we had to like build a pattern off of it. And I held everyone on our team back. Like I stretched my arms out and I was like, nah, man, let Matt suffer. And that was like my own fear of wanting to go out and follow that. And I think about this in terms of, and again, like this wow. is a very, That's very really- loose comparison, yeah. but I criticize shows at times for being like, oh, they're black or oh, it's all about that. And I don't know, these corny ass coon. Like, I don't say that, but I, I have this yeah, in my no. mind. But I'm just like, you can't get to that next step without those shows. Those mm. shows are like the long, like, like as much as I'm shitting on those shows, there is no Atlanta without those shows that came first. There is no Insecure without those shows that came first. And so for me to sit there and look back at them with like this judgmental eye and this, you know, holier than now eyes, it's like, no, they're building something for me to come off of them. And then I'm rewatching, you know, a lot of these shows on Netflix and all that. And, and I'm being like, these shows are fucking hilarious. And like they, and are they avant-garde? Are they pushing the genre forward? No, but they're building blocks for us to build off of. Because mm-hmm. if you look back at older white shows, like, they had to earn their way to the weirder, to the crazier, with yeah. these ground and things to build off of. And I think, like, I am kind of coming to terms with that. No, that's, a, that's so astute. And, I mean, we actually even talk about that a little bit in this season of or for Dear White People, you know, with we see that with like Sam and another character. Um, mm-hmm. But that's so true. And like, just to kind of also piggyback off your feeling like that, that echoes some of the things that I was feeling too, as like a person who's like, you know, like not uh, where like the millennials and the zillennials and the Gen Z people, I mean, I'm sorry, Gen, uh, Gen X people just feeling like, Oh, you just shit on the Gen X or, shit on the millennials like we are the future and it's like no son like you the little battle that i had at usc was helpful for what's happening now you know what i mean like like and and i just like i really want to caution our industry not to like be so um like so youth obsessed or metrics obsessed like with these numbers and followers because like i i i do feel like then you you kind of um you feel like you can circumvent all of the the things that are happening and all of that like you said is foundational like um it it's it's necessary i I watched Jay Farrow's Two Minutes of Fame. I was like watching movies. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's, not, it's not like it's not like a he's he's. It's not like oh my gosh, a seminal. I'm not gonna shit on the movie. The movie was very fun. It starred mm-hmm. Cat Williams, and Jay Farrow plays a YouTube star, and Cat Williams is basically like crapping on him. Like you are not you're not understanding the comedy. You're like making fun of me for dressing up as a crow, like he was cooning as this crow character. 
um, in these major $20 million movies. And he's like, you are such a disservice to our race. And so Jay Farrow was doing all these viral videos, making fun of him. And he then had to school him on how to do stand up, And like, you, it's a, it's a great movie in terms of explaining like what we have and the execution. I, I think is, is, it has a lot of really great salient points about it. And so I think it's essentially what we're talking about. And I think that's the wow. next frontier is that we're all going to recognize that we all have value. Yeah. And it's like, people should be allowed to do what they want to do. And that in and of yes. itself is black expression is it's a spectrum versus there's an ideal that we're all headed towards. A okay. Dehaley, I want to give you this time to, Woo. you know, as we come to a close, say something to that person who you know is in their late 30s is like you know you know looking at 40 and is like okay i haven't made it yet i haven't done this maybe i should give up maybe i shouldn't and you are not a late bloomer at all like anyone who has that assumption of you is that i mean you were on that tv i'm just kidding (laughs) you were on that tv you've done things it's just your career has like these like peaks and valleys as, as everyone's does. Everyone. Right. Like, everyone. so what, what would be your message to that person who is probably worried about this concept of late bloomers? Thanks so much, Edgar. And I don't even know if I can curse and I'm sorry if I did. And you 100% can curse on this oh, podcast. Jaquise talks about fucking goats. You can curse on this podcast. Oh. That's brilliant. Love that. They're so gentle, those creatures. I'm kidding. I've never done it. Um, how would I even do it? Oh, I guess I know how. Uh, so <laughs> I assume a strap on, right? Okay, let's get back to the moment that you said. Um, well, I feel like, oh man, I knew who did this quote and I don't know who does it now. Was it, I think it might actually be Hemingway. Mm, I don't know. Don't quote me on it. But there, no, it's Orson Welles. Okay. And who said, again, don't quote me on it. I have to look that up. But there, it was a quote saying like, how your story, like whether your story is a tragedy or a comedy depends on where you end your story, essentially. and. That is a fully interpreted quote. Um, But basically, I agree. Like, you could have stopped uh, at, like, 2008 or 9 and been like, she's on Mad TV, and then been like, yes. You could have stopped 2019 uh, January, which is just last year, and been like, she's teaching improv in Burbank, and been like, good night. (laughs) (laughs) but then you could also be like uh uh, november 18th 2019 she's doing um uh, her first day at work at dear white people as a cast member and a writer and then you can look at 2020 2018 she's on a podcast that she has been wanting to be on since last year <laughs> with Ed <laughs> talking about a movie she's in and the shows and like, you know, that's a, what I would just say is like yours, unless you're, unless your story is uh, 
you're going down in the casket and they put the dirt on you. Your story is still being written, um, you know, and uh, that's exactly what I would tell those people. So that's a good one. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Dehaley, where can people find you? Oh, great. I love more followers. Do it. Um, I'm Dehaley.Hall on Instagram until I get this Brazilian lady to give me back my full name. She has done zero <laughs> posts. Zero <laughs> posts! And just sitting on my motherfucking name. <laughs> Sorry. And I'm Dehaley at Twitter. D-A-H-E-L-I. Um, but I, I might get litigious. I'm sorry. You know who you are, ma'am. Get it back. Uh, but uh, <laughs> those are the two places you can find me. Oh, and dehaley.info is my um, website. You know, Matt, I got to say this. What's that, Edgar? I love when Jaquise is here. It's great. But of I course. do enjoy the one-on-ones with with people sometimes. Yeah. You did, you did two of these in a row. and uh, It's a different vibe. It's just a different vibe. It's a little... You're, like, obviously, like, when... Like, it's always chill. The vibe is always chill, period. Um, yeah. But, you know, when there's... When you're not sort of having to, like volley for the next spot in the conversation because that's what it is like you know there's uh, when there are two hosts mm. there's sort of like the okay you say something now i say something and now i the didn't guest know say something yeah there is this sort of like everybody's talking waiting yeah. to talk yeah but when it's just you and another person it becomes less uh you know uh not competitive that's something i'm not trying to say that there's a competition here but it's just sort of like yeah. you kind of put your feet up you're just kicking it with a bud <laughs> You're not now, doing can I say something? Yeah. Here's my observation on it. When there's three of us, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sort of being like, okay, is Shaquille's going to talk? Am I going to talk? Is Shaquille's going to talk? Am I going to talk? You know, we're kind of passing the baton, right? Yeah, a relay. That's a better way to think about it. T- teamwork. But when Shaquille isn't there, I can kind of relax and chill. Yeah, because you're not you're not anticipating yeah. the baton, and you're not, I better hand this off. Yeah. You're sort of just like you're on a you're on a free jog, sort of. You're just sort of like this one's for me. You know? Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I? You know? Off of that, it's like I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of speeding down a highway on a skateboard. It's like nobody's in my way. Yeah. It, it, in in many ways, it is very much like you're um, in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater mm-hmm. One in the downhill mm-hmm. jam level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're not. There are no impedi- impediments. No. Uh, there's no. There's no gap that you have to traverse. There's no um, uh, valves you have to grind over. And either you're just mm-hmm. kind of. You're just coasting. You're just coasting. Yeah, and it, that's how it's how it felt. And also, like you know, uh, you've known Dehaley a long time, uh, mm. so it's just like it's nice to see a bud. So that was that was very much like as a listener here is very much like a wow. This is this must be what a fly feels like. Wow. To be honest. You know a walk. what's so funny about everything that you just said? Mm-hmm. I don't value your opinion so much oh my God. that like it almost I almost didn't register any of it. Mm-hmm. I registered I, a lot of it, 
Yeah. But it almost didn't register any of it. I feel like the listener hopefully took what I said and was like, that was a very good point from Matt, and he actually did a really good job. I hope so, too. Because <laughs> if not, we just wasted a bunch of time. <laughs> I know, we're running out of tape over here. <sighs> we record these on tape. Yeah, we do. I mean, again. It's expensive. Airwolf does whatever they can to make sure that we have the hardest time <laughs> recording this show. Um, yes, it's it's them and not <laughs> everyone's it's, schedule. It's not everyone's schedule. It's They go out of their way to be like, you guys got to record on tape, and you guys can only record on a day when only one of you are available. <laughs> Anytime you guys are just like, wait, where's the other one? It's Airwolf fucking with us. Mm-hmm. That's exactly true. That's true. Edgar, um, we talked a little bit about your five guys at the top, and not to get back into That's this, right. but I, we only talked about your fries, and I don't think That's you right. just ordered fries. No. And are, so you're, <laughs> you're going to leave it at that? Queen of the week, everybody. <laughs> Queen of the week. If you follow me on Twitter for whatever reason, you've seen that every Monday, without fail, I tweet about. And I say that without fail because it's only been two Mondays so far. It'll be three when this episode drops. The British stock market. And why am I tweeting about that? I believe it's called the foreign exchange, actually. I'm talking about the new HBO drama show, Industry, from Mickey Down and Conrad K, executive produced by the GOAT, Lena Dunham. Industry follows a group of young graduates competing for a limited set of permanent positions at Pierpont & Co., a prestigious, see how I said it like British people say it? Yeah. A prestigious investment bank in London. But I want to shout out the star of that show, who I think is a future star. I think we're going to all know her name. She is a queen. Myla Harold. Myla? Myla? Harold. She's the star of that show. <clears throat> so sorry. See, it's starting. My throat is closing up from those fries. Oh, my God. You, 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 I don't know what it could be. It's literally closing up from those That's fries. That's so crazy. Why do you get that then? If you know this. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, she's a star on the show. She's absolutely amazing in it. She's absolutely phenomenal in it. I just like when you see, like, you know, it's such a different role for a, you know, black woman where she gets to play timid and shy and a little awkward, a little weird. And I'm just like, fuck yeah, this is what I want. So check out that show. Industry. Jesus Christ, my throat is closing up. <coughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Everyone's gonna think this is a bit. This is not a bit. I am no. allergic to these fries. I, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm your friend, and I I I mean this affectionately. Edgar's not that good of an actor, so this <laughs> this is a hundred percent real. He just took a swig of his water. Oh man, yeah, my chest is tightening. Jesus Christ. Um, God, what if I watched you die while eating fries? Anyways, that's my queen of the week for this week. He's eating more of them. <laughs> Um, Matt, you're racist. We what? Don't get it. 
There's no um, at Culture Kings Pod at Jakey Neal everywhere you get your podcast at Jakey Neal everywhere you get your podcast. What at Jakey Neal on all social media? This fries are fucking me up. I'm losing my mind. At Awful Graham on Instagram at Edgar Mopes here on Twitter. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this show. It really does mean a lot to us. You know, this is my favorite holiday coming up, Thanksgiving. So if I had to say one thing that I'm thankful for, um, reply, guys. That's a good That's a good one. They always have something good to they say. They something good to say. And something to add. Is, well, even yeah. incorrect. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I love when they're correct. I don't like it when they're incorrect, but I love it when they're correct. Yeah, it's great. I love it. And they usually are. (sighs) That negative voice inside your head isn't real. (laughs) 